This is the Fatty Joe Show, coming to you from Casa de Cary, deep in the forests of Nutmegerville. This show is dedicated to exploring pathways to better health from a holistic perspective. In each episode, we will explore such topics as nutrition, mental and emotional health, fitness, and more. I'm Yogi, your host. And I became interested in studying health after conventional health dogma became damaging and led me to become massively overweight. Against modern convention, I went on a keto lifestyle and I lost over 300 pounds and gained a level of control on my personal health that I never had before. Now I'm on a journey to find out what is myth and what is truth in the ever convoluted world of what is considered healthy. Come join me on a journey of discovery as I look for a path to improve total health. If you'd like to support the show, head over to patreon.com slash Show or patreon.com slash Brown. If you want to check out all of our social media links and recipes, head to carrybrown.com. Don't forget to leave a comment, like, and subscribe to the show. Welcome to the Fatty Joe Show. Today, I actually have a guest on who is one of the three members, uh, three hosts of the Keto Man's Club podcast. They run the the Facebook groups, the Keto Man's Club and the Keto Man's Club 101 Facebook groups. This is Chris Duckett. He's been a longtime member of Keto, been around uh, since the Keto Evangelist days, and I'm really honored to have him on. How are you doing, Chris? I'm doing well, doing well. Glad to be here. Thank you for having me on. You know, generally, we just like to talk about uh, basic health things. But the first thing I want to start out with is you've been a, a fixture in the keto world, it, kind of behind the scenes for a while until you started your own podcast. Go ahead. Sorry, hold, hold tight one second. Yes. I didn't think you were awake. Yeah, I'm awake. I'm recording a podcast like I'm the guest. So... <laughs> I need to put a recording light out uh, on out there. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So uh, you were saying a fixture in the uh, kid evangelist world. Yeah. So you've, but you've recently started your own podcast with Alberto and Jim, and you guys are focused on, on men's health, men's podcast. What, what kind of brought that about? So, I, I I have been around for for a little while at this point. I was um, the, the 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 editor for all of the Kid Evangelist uh, episode or podcasts there for quite a while, uh, and and uh, along the way I met Alberto and he introduced me to the Kid Man's Club, and so I joined in and kind of inserted myself the way that I do into organizations that I believe in and, and things like that. And uh, one of the things that I just kept on noticing more and more and more of was there was not a podcast specifically catering to and focused on men and men's health. So in the entire spectrum, there were either, we don't care what, you know, what what gender you are 
or there were plenty of women focused podcasts for, for for specifically for keto but there was nothing out there for men and just like women have specific aspects of that that they need to be able to focus on men have the same thing we we have uh things like testosterone part of and part of my personal journey has been that i had to get onto testosterone replacement because I was going to, you know, I was just super, super low. And uh, so I started that almost five, six months probably before I actually got my, before I got into keto. And, and that's, that's been a major part of my, of my journey is getting my hormones right in general. But that includes in this particular case, uh, for sure, uh, it includes uh, making sure that I, I, I eat well and, and eat the right things and, and all of that. But yeah, that, that, that was the genesis was seeing the need, the the spot for a ketogenic podcast with a specific ilk towards men, and then um, and then I just got to I kind of put a general call out there, and of course uh, Jim, who's the founder of the uh, the Keto Man's Club on Facebook, he jumped in and said yes, let's do it. And Alberto, he's like, yeah, sure, let's let's do it. And we we were like, okay, do we want to do three 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 hosts and like. Well, why not? It will give us, you know, people to talk to, if nothing else. <laughs> and so that's where we are. Uh, we're sixty. We just put out episode sixty-four this morning. That's awesome, man. Yeah, I've I've been listening to you guys since the beginning, and uh, really enjoyed what you guys are putting out there. And you were right; there really isn't anything out there that was gender specific until you guys came along. There are a few out there now. I haven't really checked them out that have, have come out, but you guys were the original man's club. But we, you know, Daisy's got her women's club. There's been several other women's club, but mm-hmm. you were touching a bit on the differences between the genders and how the health issues come into play. And one of the things you talked about was, uh, and you're you're pretty open about talking about it on the on the podcast or on the um on the. Uh, the groups is dealing with low, low testosterone. And can mm-hmm. you tell me a little bit about what that procedure was and what was going through there? Sure. Well, to, to talk about what I was feeling first, just so that, that, that leads into it. Largely, I was feeling a, um, kind of a sense of, of extra lethargy. I just, a lot of, uh, just everything seemed to slow down. Uh, that was, uh, a bit of an element of erectile dysfunction involved. And I, you know, I've, I had plenty of signs that things were not quite right inside my body, let alone. I was at that point about 300 380 pounds and I was just sick and tired of being sick and tired for the most part and some of that sick and tired uh it ended up being my testosterone now I I had tried doing a round of testosterone replacement uh at one point in the past with with a doctor that was I, like I had to go to his office and get the shots there he wouldn't let, he wouldn't let me self administer and he was like 20 minutes away and so I just and it was like 
come come for the big shot once every two weeks and so it was just a really bad regiment and yeah. it so i didn't feel any better and so this time around i was um I was at a urologist, uh, had a procedure done, and I'm like, while I'm here, you guys do testosterone stuff. I want to talk about that. And so, you know, talked with the uh, doc who, who's actually the physician's assistant who still administrates my, uh, my, my uh, protocol. And he was able to say, yeah, yeah, let's run your numbers. And he's he's been very holistic, even though he's, you know, in the traditional medical field, he's been very holistic. And so we look at everything and we talk about how I feel and, and all that type of stuff. In the end, uh, I am now on a uh, protocol of uh, two weekly shots of uh, a total of around 0.7.8 milliliters, which equals to about 150 to 175 milligrams of uh, testosterone uh, a week. And that's a pretty average, um, that's a pretty average um, type of uh, regimen for a lot of, a lot of men. Um, I could I could either back off or I could ramp it up a little bit at this point. I'm kind of in that bubble. Uh, yeah. The uh, My numbers, though, stay very close to around about 900 total. And then whenever I calculate the free, it's it's right smack dab in the middle of where I, I want to be and in, in, uh, is average or, or even above average. Yeah, and this is something that's actually a lot more common in men to have low testosterone, mm -hmm. especially nowadays. And yeah. not a lot of guys want to talk about it, especially as openly as you, but it, it is something that's very pertinent to a lot of health, um, mm -hmm. especially with the amount of phytoestrogen and chemical mm -hmm. estrogen mm -hmm. stuff that's coming in. It's actually uh, blocking the testosterone production in young boys starting yeah. early and they're growing up without it. Mm -hmm. uh, what was the key? Do you know what the key factors were for you for having a low T? Largely, it was my, it was pro, it was my weight because my estrogen levels were very very high early on. So yeah. that means that the fat stores that I had in my body were taking in a large part of what I was naturally creating and converting them into uh, estrogens because that's what extra visceral fat in the body does it grabs it and it, it gets converted and so it would that's that's a major part of it but i'm not sure that i was ever really really high on that because yeah. i'm a child of the 80s and 90s where we pioneered crappy plastic and food uh you know it, yeah. it was just one of those those times where um it, it is very very possible that i was um I was exposed to a lot of things. And so my body just didn't create enough like it normally, normally should. And, uh, th there's not much, well, actually I was about to say, there's not much that you can do about it, but our friend, Jonathan Shane, he's actually an example of someone who is doing some things more in a more natural way. I was just far too long, far into my replacement 
project or into uh, my replacement protocol uh, to really stop where I'm at and do something completely different. Um, but uh, so it, for those interested, there are uh, more homeopathic uh, natural ways that you can uh, boost the, uh, the, the the natural testosterone uh production in your body without having to uh, without having to inject uh, exogenous uh, testosterone but if you just want the simplicity of a shot every couple of days uh, that's a great way to go and it's really simple and uh, I I had uh, one of the members of the group and a, and a friend of, of mine he's like wigging out about having to try to self-administer and I'm going, it's not really that bad. And I sent him a video of it in about a minute 20. And that's with the breathing, you know, with me taking some, some breathing techniques because I have to make sure I don't relax. I have to relax my leg muscles where I inject. Um, yeah. I, like I have to force myself not to clinch up and, but you know, it, but in a minute and 20, I was done and it was basically pain-free. And so if you do it right, if you uh, ease into it, it's really, even if you're uh, self-injecting, it's no big deal. Yeah, and uh, I've seen a lot of people have to do it. I I came from a sports background where people uh, participated a lot in the uh, steroids. Mm -hmm. And yeah, later on in life, they they stopped producing as much testosterone on their own. So they actually had to do, and they said the, um, the injections for the testosterone replacement were much different from taking the, the steroid in the, mm-hmm. in the gut or in the, in the butt. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, um, there are, there are many forms of testosterone replacement out there to what type do you use? What type do you take? I am uh, taking test sipping it testosterone sipping it and um it is uh let me grab my bottle here uh it's 200 milligrams per milliliter and so i'm taking 0.7 milliliters per uh, per week roughly is what i aim for and so i'll uh, uh so that's that i also um the the procedure actually that I had done at the, the urologist was I had my vasectomy. And it, one of the things that ended up, um, that, that ends up happening naturally with that is, and then this also happens with testosterone replacement is that your peanuts get a little smaller. <laughs> and um, I should say that very clearly, peanuts, not, uh, not, not yeah. other things. Uh, but uh, they, so you, you, you can mitigate that a little bit with uh, with other supplementary shots. So I do have a prescription for HCG, and uh, and then that that uh, I, I'm really bad about taking it consistently. But it's kind of one of those things that works when you use it and works. You know, it, it doesn't whenever you don't. But that's uh, for those that still have sperm production. It helps keep things cooking down there a little bit. But at the same time, uh, it also whether you whether you uh, have production going or not, it will uh, help produce uh, size that you might have atrophy on otherwise. Yeah, and so we doing the the testosterone replacement. Are you doing any other things dietary or exercise wise to stimulate natural production as well? One second. I just got a bad buzz. Oh, okay. 
I think it must have been something on my side that was weird. Sorry. Okay. Other than uh, other than testosterone, so I've been ketogenic. So I've been ketogenic for about three, three and a half. Yeah, three and a half years, roughly, at yeah. this point. Um, I'm roughly 60 pounds lighter than I was, which means that I'm getting a lot less uh, uh, conversion in testosterone to estrogen. And then um, like this month, I'm full on carnivore. I'm, I'm even trying to I'm, – I'm, I'm, I haven't eliminated completely this month because I'm just bad at it and I like sweet, but I've been trying to even, uh, cut out and I, I've cut out for the most part, which is saying something as many energy drinks as I was drinking, um, before this month, uh, I've cut out a lot of the, 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 the artificial or the replacement, uh, sweeteners and things like that. So I'm actually seeing a pretty big difference with that. Um, this month is uh, in the last two to three months. I, I, well, rewinding, I did get to a lower weight than where, where I'm at, but then I went lax a little bit and I gained another 10 or 15 pounds back. Pretty normal, actually pretty, pretty common. And, um, so, and that stuck around for like two years in the last two to two and a half months through just kind of being a little more active through reducing the artificial sweeteners to cutting out the, um, the, um, the faux keto or low carb treats. I, I, they, they should just be called candy bars, but they're the, the protein bars that say that they're low carb. The, I, I can, I can stay beyond a doubt. I got a, uh, a, a continuous glucose monitor actually for a short period of time. Uh, and I, I tested some things like I spiked it really bad, ate donuts and oh, all the, all the bad stuff just to see what my response, what my body's recuperation from it was. And it was actually pretty decent. Uh, so that tells me that I've, uh, reduced my uh, insulin sensitivity, uh, or I, I've increased my insulin sensitivity, reduced my um, my uh, resistance, and uh, so that's good. That's a, that's a good sign. But then I I would I would have be in a fasted state, and I would try those low carb protein bars, and my glucose would shoot straight up through the roof. And um, so, and I had been I'd been kind of leaning on those pretty, pretty heavily. And so I've cut those out completely at this point. And that actually has made a significant difference. I've started losing weight again. I'm starting to see and feel a little more, um, not necessarily more in ketosis, just more, more healthy, more balanced, um, than I, than I was. And so I'm, I'm, I know now that was something that I was doing that, that was definitely holding me back. Yeah, and diet definitely does play a huge role in what mm -hmm. you eat, especially with, um, I was reading an article the other day, actually, about how some of the artificial sweeteners and or the components in the what is commonly no, accepted as uh, keto friendly sweeteners are actually very detrimental to testosterone production when you mm -hmm. consumed in high quantities. So it uh, cutting those things out could definitely, well, could probably have a major effect. Now, yeah. another thing that also affects testosterone, which um, 
is is your movement sitting mm-hmm. all day long yeah uh, i come from a trucking industry you come from computers in both mm-hmm. cases we're sedentary we're sitting and mm-hmm. it compresses some things disrupts blood flow and prevents uh production so you still work in the computer field. Is there some things that you do during the day in order to make sure you're not sitting as much and make sure things move? Do you do anything like that? Um, yeah. Uh, so I working for uh, a company that has a little fruit logo. Uh, it, it makes it so that uh, they really treat us really well. And so there's a couple different things. Uh, just number one, they give us adequate breaks, like more than adequate breaks, you know, and then I do four, 10, 10 hour shifts. So I'm only working four days a week. That means three days that I can be pretty extra active doing other things that a lot of guys or gals don't have that ability to do. Um, so on my breaks, I definitely try to get away from my desk. The other thing that is nice that's my desk moving up and down and um they actually funded and provided a sit-stand desk because i have a a bit of a physical condition from an injury a while ago that made it pretty painful actually to sit all day long and so now it's very easy for me to be able to uh to, to swap back and forth between a standing or sitting position and be able to uh have that that flexibility uh of being up or down as needed so that's a uh, that's a huge win in that regard and i'm very gr- grateful that the apple invests enough in in their personnel and their their uh and their their uh crew to be able to uh give us the 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 tools that we need to be able to be healthy and continue to do the job of supporting apple customers which is something that i love and enjoy doing as well nice yeah it's you know the one of the things that one of the coaches that i worked with he always told me if you want to increase testosterone work your legs and standing and and mm-hmm. in there so that's awesome that that apple was able to pro- help you provide that desk that you can stay standing especially injury wise and then mm-hmm. also your other medical condition that works great yeah so we've been very open about talking about low test and that's something that um, you know a lot of men have a hard time with but a lot of men have a hard time talking about mental health mm-hmm. talking about what's bothering them you, Berto, and Jim set up this fantastic group on Facebook, the Keto Man's Club, and I've been a part of it, been fortunate to be a part of it. One thing that I've seen is you guys aren't just about keto. It's you have created an open forum for men to express themselves in ways that they don't feel comfortable at home. And tell us how... What was inspired you guys to to take that route and open things up like that? Is it just something that happened naturally, or did it? it... Well, it, so Jim is the original founder. I came along probably six to eight months after the you know after it got going, but we um, Jim was tired of the ketogenic Facebook groups that were all beginner questions all the time. And uh, he, he very similar to the way that I saw this huge uh, 
gap gap in the podcast area. He saw the same thing in in the ketogenic community for men, where there weren't there wasn't any thriving keto men groups. There were a couple little you know. There's a couple people here, a couple people there, but they really weren't there. And then they even those were still very beginner level, very um, juvenile. So uh, as far as uh, the journey of of the ketogenic lifestyle, so he said, well, let's create a group and let's make it not for beginners. And so we are very, part of the reason that we aren't always very super focused on the ketogenic life and what we talk about, even though it all kind of hovers around it somewhat in the group is that uh, we're only bringing in people that are veterans or we're only bringing in people that have been doing it for long enough that they can at least know what the macros are for for a ketogenic diet. And now we have the beginners group for those people that, that have uh, all the questions and, and things like that. And, and it, we, we, we put uh, the keto, the keto men's or the keto 101 men's club is what that's called. And, and that's where all of that, beginner conversation has, but we're fostering the same type of environment that we are trying to uh, continue to keep as we grow in the Keto Men's Club. And so we um, are doing all of the the, the the real genesis, the real spark was wanting to have a community for men that was about a 201, 301 collegiate level in keto so that we could avoid the the um, the beginner's questions but it's been so much more than that it's been so much more of a uh men being around men in a, the a virtual locker room and being able to in some cases quite literally take our shirts off amongst each other and not feel you know bad about it and you know it really has fostered and created a space of camaraderie and togetherness that we really didn't have um that that a lot of guys don't have in other aspects of life and so while it is ketogenic centered it's become so much more than that and it's been life-saving for a lot of people including myself yeah, I've I've seen posts where guys were coming, being open about their wife's cheating on them, or being open about mm-hmm. loss, and and very much so. Not the typical accepted thing in modern society, where it's just shut up, swallow mm-hmm. your feelings, move on. You know, guys yeah. have been able to open up, and 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 everybody inside the group, instead of attacking somebody for for opening up, they've been very supportive. And mm-hmm. you guys really have kept a a a group that is mainly positive and helpful toward everybody. And so you guys have done a very great a good job on doing that. So yeah. And, and, I'm I and 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 Jim Berto and I are, are just three of about seven different admins. Uh, so we all work together to try to, to moderate and make sure that we're, we're keeping track of, of what's going on, the, the pulse and, and whatnot. I, the, the only reason that the three of us stick out so much is that we're on the podcast. Um, right. 
you know, and so, it, but it, it really, truly, truly, it, it's, it's pretty, uh, uh, it's a very, very much a teamwork thing, but the group also, uh, we don't, we don't suffer trolls very well. So if you somehow get in and then you troll or you start to, to try to, uh, stir up crap, it doesn't doesn't last very long. It, our group self-moderates because because we are trying to be authentic men around other men, we call each other on it. And we're like, hey, dude, no, that's not going to work. That's not going to keep going. You know, no. <laughs> you yeah. know, and so it, it really, uh, if someone's way out in left field because they, they're just way out in left field on something, uh, they get called on it. And uh, it, it's interesting to watch that from an admin's point of view because we do i've been a part of a lot of groups that no (laughs) that doesn't happen you have to step in you have to shut down threads you just have to you know and most of the time the guy gets bopped in the nose verbally and then he stops responding and the 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 thread just fizzles out and yeah. it's great. It's great. So it's kind of one of those things. And that, that's how it should be. Um, I think to a certain degree uh, for, for guys and, and just in, in general in society, I think that, that we should have the ability to be more authentic and through that authenticity, be able to uh, be able to moderate ourselves a little bit easier without having it uh, dictated to us so much. Yeah, you know, acting ethically and as you would, you would is really important. And unfortunately, the internet does allow that anonymous internet bravery to come out on some people, and they end up showing their true colors. Mm-hmm. But with this space that you created to allow men to not only be physically healthy through nutrition, you guys focus on on athletics as well the emotional health aspect you guys have really put a play in it the and and the mental health aspect you guys have really put a focus in as well and i i would recommend any guys that are out there listening you know definitely check out this group because it it's a great place to be for all those aspects and in your own life i know a little bit about your story of where you came up with and you you talk about it fairly openly about how you came up and that there was some emotional and things that you dealt with coming up in life so could you share a little bit about that with us sure i uh i'm thankful that i've been able to be on a healing journey of late in that specific area um my my healing has been so much more than just physical in the last three and a half years. Um, and it's been hard and it's been, uh, there are days when it was just pure hell in, 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 in my world. And, and I tried to hide it. I tried to swallow it up and I tried to do all those things to just charge forward and keep going. And, um, and all of that. I, to give a little bit of background, you know, I don't hide it at all. I'm adopted, and uh, I grew up without my without a father in the house, and uh, I'm 
I will say I grew up in the family, the absolute family that I was supposed to grow up with. God placed me where I was supposed to be. And then I was chosen by those people accepted and um, brought into their family intentionally. So I never consciously felt that sense of rejection, that father wound, uh, that, that a lot of guys or, or gals that, that end up being adopted, you know, have, you know, father or mother wound. Uh, but that, that doesn't mean that it wasn't there. And um, so through, I had, I, 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 I let things, well, now that I'm looking back on it, kind of, you know, 20 hindsight being 2020, I can see the hallmarks of, okay, this is why I kind of ended up leaning towards this. And that kind of led towards this and this and this. So I can see some cause and effect now. Um, but the truth is, it doesn't matter. I, I still had some bad habits that I let in, I let myself become healthy. I uh, was a really, really good, nice guy. And I still am for the most part. And um, I'm realizing now that, um, that that nice guy syndrome has actually led me to hide things or led me to try to contain or put up the right front in front of the right people all my life. And um, I just, I, I, I read it once. I've got the, the physical book on, on route so that I can go back through and highlight and underline and make notes and all of this. But there's a book called No More Mr. Nice Guy. And it really, really, really focuses in a lot on a lot of what, what I've been working on consciously and unconsciously uh, because it really gets to the root of why I have some of the things going on that, that I've had in the mental health uh, aspect. But along with that, um, we all get wounded by our parents in some way, shape or form, adoptive, non you know, a natural birth and whatnot. And um, I was carrying around a bit of a father wound that I wasn't even truly conscious of. I felt rejected because where's dad? He's never been around. He's never been there. I have uh, been through quite a bit of counseling in the last couple of years, which I highly advocate for at this point. I was, I never did counseling growing up. I never did, you know, but before I was 35, I hadn't ever sat down with a licensed therapist for anything. Oh, I'll figure it out. I'll tough it through. I'm okay. And I'm really good at self-analysis. So I'm like, okay, I'll just figure it out. I'll just troubleshoot it. You can't troubleshoot yourself. So stop it, guys. If you're saying that to yourself, get some help. Um, at this point, it, uh, you know, get, get tele, tell, you know, televisits, uh, whatever, get, just get, get the help that you need to, to get that outside perspective, because it, it really can be life-changing. One of those life-changing messages that I learned, I now embody in a tattoo on my wrist and this is Morse code, uh, and it spells out air as in royalty. And 
I had to hear from God, like straight from God, that I'm no less legitimate just because I'm adopted. And this, remi this reminds me that I am chosen and that it, it before or after any of the other stuff that's happened, he chose me and he was taking care of me all along and he is my daddy God. And I, I needed that reminder. So I've got that in a very visible place that I see all the time. And um, I'm thankful for that revelation on a deeper level and for the help that I had through my, through my personal counselor to get to that. And um, he, we continue to work and keep digging and we're finding more and more of those uh, things, not necessarily things that I have to tattoo to remind myself, but, uh, you know, things that, that are just as impactful. Uh, the other thing is uh, I've talked a little bit about it and I, I don't uh, have any reason to hide it. And it, it, it is that I actually reconnected with my birth family recently and um and so I was able to meet my birth mother and my half brother, and I'm continuing to meet more of that group of people that were never in my life for 30, almost 38 years, and uh, or almost 39, I should say. And I'm getting to heal some of those wounds too, of knowing my biological heritage and seeing uh, some of the ways that maybe that has affected me in in something because I can, I'm a firm believer that there's both nurture and nature in life. And so, I, you know, so I see some of those physical nature, even though they didn't raise me, there could have been X, Y, Z, you know, that type of thing. And so right. I, I've, it's been a very surreal experience to get to experience that and be able to connect with these people. Um, I really, I, I'm, I'm, I'm very thankful to get to be my birth mom, but I'm honestly, <laughs> if I'm being honest, I'm a little more excited to get to actually have gotten to meet my, my half brother and to be able to connect with him and, and whatnot, you know, so it, it's been, it's been good. We're not super, super close or anything yet. It's still a, 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 um, a relationship that, that we're, we're fostering and, and, and trying to, to build up slowly and, and carefully and, and, and whatnot. Neither one, that's, one of us wants to encroach on each other's lives or anything. Uh, but it's been, it's been quite the journey quite the, quite yeah. the process. And I've been, uh, Again, I've been been very thankful to to get to know that I've connected with uh, my great uncle who is the family historian, and so I've been able to get a whole bunch of information about my uh, my biological ancestry, and uh, at least from that side of things, probably the hardest thing about this whole the the whole the whole experience is that uh, my birth mom does not have any way of knowing who it was that was my father due to the circumstances of, of my conception. And so I, 
unless I, and all of this actually came around from a 23 in me. And I had someone that came in as a second cousin and it was such a strong percentage that we're like, uh, we have to be connected. And so we messaged back, back and forth a little bit. And, and she ended up, uh, putting the dots together and I was able to dig deeper into all of that. And so I, you know, so that was, was really cool to be able to, to meet it that way, you know, from, from all of that. But yeah, we, it's, it hurts a little bit not to be able to answer that question of who's my dad, but thanks to messages like this one, I also know that it doesn't matter, and I'm thankful for that. That's dude. Your story is it, uh, man. It's it's amazing, and in many ways, you've been very fortunate for the circumstances that mm -hmm. you're in. You know, I used to work at group homes for kids didn't get that but these yep. wounds that you carried with you in the process of healing has is not something that should be taken lightly and um the fact that you have come out to be a good man and a man that not only was chosen by a family but you have people around you that choose to be around you because of the human being that you are you attract other good people to you it's a testament of of one the family that raised you, your, 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 your parents. And it's a testament to who you are as an individual. So um, I'm glad that you went on to that healing and I'm glad you can share this because so many men walk with these emotional wounds and are completely gutted on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. And not just, you know, I'm adopted, but maybe they deal with abuse or maybe so many men have been sexually abused and don't open up about it and walk with those wounds. So many men have, have undergone uh, a devastating PTSD type events, traumatic events, mm -hmm. and they don't deal with it in therapy. One of the reasons why I wanted to have you on today is not only to talk about the testosterone replacement, because that's a, that's a big one for men, but also to talk about the mental health aspect of being men. I, know, I don't know if you noticed, we didn't really touch a whole lot about keto and nutrition. I've done a lot of those. Yeah, well, keto is keto. It, it, yeah, I've got my own brand, but it can be summed up with, <laughs> I've been either ketogenic or carnivore for three and a half years. I've lost a whole bunch of weight. I'm healthier than ever good i'm good <laughs> yeah, that 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 yeah. we can we can flesh that out as much as we want to but honestly these other areas are much more unique yeah they are and also people don't realize that these these emotional wounds can have a physical effect on your body and and mm -hmm. how your body functions how you sleep yeah. how you you know your relationships mm -hmm. so can you can you tell us a little bit about how your background has affected how you relate to other people as you as you come through before and after therapy? Sure. Um, now, I, I don't think I ever gave the book name earlier, um, but the, the, the book that I was referring to earlier was No More Mr. Nice Guy. And uh, it's uh, – I can see that because of the wounds that I had, trying to please people, trying to make sure that people accepted me, you know, from that same idea of that someone rejected me, that I wasn't, you know, I wasn't good enough. It wasn't that at all. It was 
something completely different. Um, and it had nothing to do with me. It was absolutely, I want to give Chris the best life possible. I can't give it to him type scenario. So I, um, so it, it had nothing to do with that. I did anything because heck, I was six months old <laughs> whenever I changed hands, you know, it wasn't like I had any ability to make you know, impact or consciously or anything like that. But I still carried around a little bit of that. You know, I was rejected. I don't have a dad. They, who didn't want me, you know, th those types of things. And I absolutely was uh, growing up in, in well into adulthood have, have been the clinger honor, the, the guy that will inject myself into situations and make you need me uh, because I'm just that valuable to this, you know, X, Y, and Z. And so I've, it, it has tinged a lot of my, my relationships. It's, it's tinged a lot of, uh, why and how I interact with other people, and uh, that mis that aspect of of the people pleasing Mister Nice Guy that I was persona that I was trying to to put out there uh, isn't all bad, but it was unhealthy, and I think that there's a it, that that's a pervasive thing among men. Our society more and more is teaching us to be nice guys. And we shouldn't, no, we shouldn't be going around being rude and, and jerks to everybody or anything like that. But we do need to, we do need to actually be able to have a stance, solid ground, thus far, no more. This is the real me. All of those types of things without having to try to compromise and hide. I, for a very long time, was the guy that that I, I didn't – I could blend into any crowd. It, like in high school, I hung out with the – I hung out in classes with the, 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 the people that were more than likely stoners. We didn't talk about it much because that just wasn't my thing. But, uh, you know, I would, I would hang out with, with the, the fringe in, in class, but then I was leader of our Christian club, and I would interact with the Christians on a pretty deep level, and I was in choir. And so I had all – and, and I was highly involved with my youth group. Like I was, you know, I was inventing ways to be useful to my youth group. And all of these things just so that I could be needed, you know, just so that I could find acceptance in the, in the, the crew. And now I enjoyed all those things, which is why I did them. But there was a, a, a desperation of, okay, I'm going to work this much harder. I'm going to do this much more because I'm, I have to be necessary to be accepted. I have to give something. I have to have something to offer for people to want me around. And um, so that's a lesson I'm still learning, uh, still unlearning, actually, probably is a better way of saying that, uh, because I still can, I can absolutely see that I've done that as an adult up to, you know, even recent times. And so uh, and it's tinged my relationship with my wife. Uh, it's tinged my relationship with uh, my family, my adoptive family. Um, I, I'm. It's tinged almost every every aspect of of who I am. I the, the, I I I, I, I it, it, it's crazy 
I, I was listening to the audiobook version of, of this book. And the first chapter is talking about what is a nice guy and gave a couple use cases of, of this. And I'm like, oh, wow, that's okay. That's me. How did he know me? You know, that, that whole, that whole line of thought where I'm like, okay, they, they seriously can't know me that well, that they could just read my, read my mail. Um, you know, and so I knew the book was was totally for me, and and so it is going to be one of those uh, journeys. Uh, it's actually I can see that I've already been on the journey of being more vulnerable, being more authentic, being more real with myself first, and being being more real and, and authentic with others, uh, whether that be other men or with my wife, and just and then. In general, to everywhere, everyone else in in the world. So, it's kind of been one of those things that I'm having to stretch that muscle a little bit. I'm having to do a little bit of that open, open heart thing, and and try to show a little bit more of what's going on inside of me because I've as open of a person as I'd like to think that I was, I was playing it pretty close to the vest in some ways and uh, really um, kind of holding, holding in a lot. And so letting loose, getting, getting rid of that Mr. Nice guy thing is going to be extremely transformative for, for me in a very, very long term way. And I'm excited to see where it's going to go. I'm I'm a little familiar with the book. I haven't read it yet, but the author's been on a few podcasts. And, mm -hmm. and one of the things he talks about is the, the nice guy syndrome of the fact that your boundaries are skewed as the nice guy, that you allow so Absolutely. many things to happen to, to you. Mm -hmm. And, and, and like you said, interject yourself to, to be needed, to be things, but there's other boundaries that you'll keep where you won't let people know what you're actually feeling, what's, mm -hmm. what's actually going on until it just explodes. Yeah. And, and, and that's, I'm, I'm, I don't have much of it still, but uh, I'm a redhead. And so I've always had that redheaded temper, but that's made all the worse whenever I've tried to just bottle up, just bottle up, just bottle it up. And um, uh, without being, too explicit about the 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 specifics of it i it, that's been a major issue in my marriage and we've been uh, doing some really good work in that regard of late and and i'm having to force myself uh, as i continue to learn to do so to not just open up a little bit, open up a lot and let, let my wife see those little things or find and figure out the, the constructive, the healthy ways to approach quote uncomfortable conversations that I have avoided for, you know, that I, that I avoid on a very regular basis uh, as is in in all of my relationships, but especially my relationship with my wife. And so it, it, it um, has tinged a lot and, and we're 
the good news is that we're both working on it. We could have both there. There was absolutely, um, I won't say reason, but there, there's been times where we were absolutely ready just to give up. Uh, we were just ready to say, nope, <laughs> we, we, we can't do this anymore. Uh, and uh, in part ways, but we kept fighting through it and we didn't give up on each other. And as hard as it was, as hard, as poorly as we fought, as far as the quality of fighting that we did in those those times, we we fought through them. And in the end, um, our I feel our, our relationship is getting much, much stronger and much more, much, much more healthy than it ever was, uh, even from the start. One of the things that I've I was kind of coming to the realization of myself as late is a good guy doesn't always mean a good man. Mm -hmm. And so in your book, what makes a good man rather than a good guy? A good man is someone that can be authentic and real, both to themselves and to others. And a good man is someone who genuinely feels like they have uh, the ability, but also they have the desire to make a positive impact on the world around them. Uh, we are, I, I firmly believe that we're all put here for a purpose. I firmly believe as a Christian that I was designed and created by God to be a, a light into the world for, uh, for, you know, from a, from a Christianity standpoint. But I also believe that it's, you know, even if you separate the religious aspect or the, the for me, relationship aspect of, of that on a spiritual level, I firmly believe that we're all called in some way, shape or form to do good in whatever ways we can, local community, online we all have something positive that we can bring to the table that will help someone else. And we, we have the responsibility to take the time to actually do that, to actually um, put that out into the world. And uh, so I'm, I'm trying to do that as best as I can in the ways that, that God gives me the opportunity to do so. And uh, I've had a lot of opportunity and I get to, uh, to do a, a lot of crazy things. And there are times when that takes the form of me digging a little bit deeper and helping someone find their photos in on their computer uh, after thinking that they lost 10 years of their kids' photos um, or, uh, you know, or, or, or helping a person cross the street. I, I don't know. You know what that scenario is going to be different for all of us, but there are big and little ways that we can make ripples. And I, I use this uh, analogy quite a lot on, on our podcast because this is kind of how it is. And, and I use this as my promotion aspect is, you know, be the, the pebble, the, the rock that starts the avalanche. Help someone out, even in some small ways, and it might just be enough to spur perpetual motion, to snowball 
that positive thing in their life, that better betterment of them, that improvement for them, uh, snowball that for them. But it, it, it all starts with just very small motions, very small uh, initiation of momentum. Uh, and and that builds on itself. And so I try to take that and, and apply that to the world. But that's absolutely part of being a good man versus just, you know, a, a nice guy. Nice guys, I, I alluded to it, but I, I actually, you know, I have a history of being pretty dishonest or, you know, I, I hid a lot. And I had my own demons and, and thank God I'm past most of them at this point and, and just dealing with the cleanup work at this point. But the no, I wasn't ever doing anything illegal or, you know, anything that landed me in jail, but I just wasn't me being Mr. Nice Guy. I wasn't dealing with crap the way that I was supposed to. And it was absolutely causing me not to be such a good man because I wasn't able to. I was I, I was allowing myself to have too much crap build up in my life to to cause issues. That's awesome, man. I'm I'm glad you've come thus far in your journey to see these things and be able to have that kind of uh, self awareness that uh, unfortunately a lot of men do not have. Um, I think that's kind of what drives a lot of vitriol and a lot of anger and things that we see in our daily world, or the hatred mm -hmm. in the, in the, whether online or not, is people who can't accept themselves, so they can't accept other people. Yeah. So I want to go ahead and start wrapping things up, but I do want to touch on one thing about emotional and mental health before we go, and I won't, and people may or may not know this about you, but you are an artist, you're a musician. Yes. And I want to I want to um ask how music has played a role in your mental and emotional health. It's been an anchor for me. Um a, a lot of it now I I I'm not your I'm not good at being an artist for aspects of of like um non-Christian music and whatnot. I'm, I'm very much a praise and worship artist, but that's, 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 if I, if I'm needing to, to, to reset my foundation, if I'm needing to calm down and focus my meditation, the, 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 my prayer life really centers, uh, largely around me taking time to create music or to play music and connect with God through that music. Uh, I've been part of worship teams since I was 12 and I play keyboard and, and guitar and I do sing. And uh, I've, I've, I've done these things both as acts of service for the church, you know, because they always need a keyboardist. They always need a guitarist. They always need a sound person. Uh, you know, those types of things. But at the same time, I, um, I do it because it's, it's important to me to, to 
make sure I have that solid foundation. And one of the ways I connect with God best to reset that foundation is absolutely through my music and through through that. And um, growing up, uh, I, I was very involved with my church. I, I, I'm not hiding that at all. I'm uh, And one of the things that after I had my license and I had a car is I had a church key. And I could, I would, I, there, my junior, senior year, I, I was either working at grocery stores and working into the evenings, or I would, I actually switched into to work in a movie theater there for a while. And so I wasn't getting off of work until 10, 30, 11, uh, midnight, that type of thing. And my parents didn't ever really have curfew for me. They were, they, they, I was. I was safe. And so they knew that, that I could do what I needed to do. And so there were nights where I would, I, my church wasn't far from, from my home. So I would, instead of go home after work, I would go to church and I would sit down on the grand piano and I would just play for like an hour and a half, just play. And that was, it, it was very, very healing in a lot of ways, uh, connecting with a lot of people you know, in the, the non-Christian world, they say that call, connect, reconnecting with your source energy or whatever you want to call it. But that's really what it was. It was connecting with God. It was connecting uh, with um, with my creator, with my daddy, uh, who I, you know, I needed that, that time with him. And, and so, uh, I would be, you know, up at church until all hours of the night by my lonesome, uh, playing the grand piano, just, just playing. And, um, so I, that I've done other things similar, you know, I, when I was youth pastoring in Harlingen, Texas for a while, I'd find myself at South Padre Island on the beach in the middle of the night, uh, you know, needing to, to have that time to reset, to focus, to hear, um, you know, that, so I, it's, it's taken different forms over time, but yeah, it's music has definitely been therapeutic for me in a lot of ways. And it's one of the ways that I think I am most honest with others because whenever I sit down and create, whenever I play, um, I, I can't fake it. It just, it has to be real. And that's, that's true with most things of art, but especially music is that way. When it, you, uh, I'm sure that we've all, well, I guess it should, it should say, or I, I should correct myself. You can fake it, but people can tell when you're faking it, when you're talking, when you're doing that with, with, um, with, with something artistic, uh, specifically with music, you can get up on stage, you can do the dances, you can sing the songs, but if you don't believe it, if you don't, um, if you're not into it, people see right through it real quick. And, um, there's not a, uh, it's not there. There's, there's less of a sense of intimacy there that people are truly drawn to those artists that um, the musical artists that really believe what they're what they're singing about and playing you feel their music it's not you know it, it, they may play the same set every single night night after night after night but every time they play it it's real and you feel it and 
I endeavor to be that person. And for the most part, that is one area that I've never, I've never been able to compromise it. <laughs> it just has been. It's awesome. I've, you know, I've been around a lot of musicians. My brother's one, and I hear a lot of the same things, especially from the performing arts. I, I draw pictures. I can do whatever I want to do, but you know, I, I, when it comes to performance art with music and things like that, it's a different, mm-hmm. for lack of a better term, different stage. Yep. Um, I'm almost tempted. I normally do five questions to close out the show, but I'm almost tempted just to ask you to play us out with something. <laughs> I don't want to put you on the spot. <laughs> uh, but I don't want I don't want to put you on the spot, but I was like, oh, man, we, I want to hear you play. I, but uh, what I will do is I have some some content on my YouTube channel. I'll get you a link and you can you can you can share that out. Uh, I, I just I, I'm too picky about all that. It's really hard, like it would be hard. It would be hard for me just to uh, just uh, to pop out the guitar and uh, and do that right now. Yeah, I, my brother's the same way. Try to put him on the spot with something, and he'll he, you know it's, it can be tough at times. You know, yeah. you got to be in the right headspace and all that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that that's had, yeah. Yeah, so, but I I do like to close out with five, generally five questions, and they're they're mm-hmm. just quick, easy answer questions. You know, nothing too complicated, but it just kind of sees where your philosophies are. And one of the first questions I like to ask somebody is, who are your top three health heroes? Um, he he's not very much in the 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 the, uh, the he's not very loud in the space anymore. But honestly, one of the people that was transformative for me was Brian Williamson because he, he's kind of the guy behind Keith Evangelist and he had a, he, his interviewing style on, on their podcasts were very um, transformative for me. It, it, it informed the type of interviewer that I wanted to be whenever I, I got into podcasting and, and things like that. Uh, but he, his thirst for science and truth and his, um, very straightforward nature was very helpful to me in, uh, taking the ketogenic way of life and really putting it into manageable, straightforward ways. So I'm thankful to him. Uh, and then, uh, honestly, uh, two keto dudes too. They, 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 their, their podcast was the same way where it helped put things into, into that. And of course, Carrie is, is involved with that too. So I, I, I will, I'll lump Carrie Brown in, in that with, with, uh, with Richard and, and Carl. But I, as far as, uh, doctors and other things like that, I highly respect, uh, Dr. Kim Berry. He's uh, he's a an incredible source of great information. Uh, I'm uh, enjoying greatly. Um, I, I'm going to lump Dr. Sean Baker and uh, Dr. Saladino kind of in the same uh, side because of of their their carnivore ilt, and and I'm I'm seeing a lot of. Uh, stuff coming from them that I think is transformative, uh, not just for myself, but for the world. And so I, I'm, I'm thankful to see that and, uh, hopeful that their message will continue to, to grow and get out there because I think, uh, I think there's a place for, 
a uh, primarily carnivore way of life uh, and things like that. And so uh, that that's probably uh, there's a ton of people out there. Um, we we actually just uh, we recorded a couple weeks ago with um, Dr. Anthony J. You talked about the uh, the estrogenics uh, earlier, and and uh, I, I'm it was really cool to get to to talk one on one with with Dr. J. But he he's another one where. He's putting transformative things out there, and the, the list could go on and on because I've had the chance to connect with them. Uh, I, I will say, on that the last person that I'll call out, and this is because he's um, not just a a physical health, but he's actually been kind of he's been the pebble that started the avalanche for me in a lot of different ways on the mental health side of things, and is Danny Vega. He is out there with the fat fuel family. I get that. I, I'm, I, I count myself as a, a very, uh, as, as a friend, a true friend with him and being able to work side by side with him and, and Mauro to help produce the fat fuel family and what they do with all of that. It's really been a, uh, really crazy and amazing experience. And he's connected with me with people that have ended up connecting me with people and leading me to realize different things and really and truthfully um, has been been life-changing and uh, restorative in so many ways. Yeah, Danny's, Danny and Maura are great people. They, if, if you guys are out there and listening and pay attention to what they're doing currently, which uh, I'm not sure when this episode will air, but they're, they're right now working very much uh, trying to get the word out about child trafficking and, and things like that. So they, they, they take a mission and they go after it. And mm-hmm. they, they generally have a mission to, to make the world a better place. So they, they don't have a, they don't have a slow gear. No, no, not at <laughs> they all. They don't have a slow gear it's, at all. It's, it's 10th gear all the way. It's like, it's really, it's, it's amazing. Um, so I also ask in the nutrition basis, what are three foods you think everybody should avoid? Sugar, grains, um, and, um, as much as possible, the, the artificial sweeteners as well. At this point, I'm, I'm becoming more, I still take them in, I, I, but I'm, I'm working very hard to be much, much more judicious about that and uh, be uh, intentional, not just to drink all the sweet drinks or things like that. I could, there was a time there I was drinking one or two of the, the pre-workout, the bang, the, the rain and one or two monsters. And I was spending a small fortune at the, the gas stations. It was not, not good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, so for multiple levels, but those, the artificial sweeteners were absolutely, um, but yeah, sugar grains and, um, and then artificial sweeteners are, are things that people should should absolutely avoid. If you can cut those things out, uh, I guarantee that you will see a an improvement in your overall health. What three foods do you think everybody should include in their diet? Uh, meat, specifically ruminant, uh, as best as possible. So I, I personally eat a lot of beef. Um, 
but but any Wait, type of boy? yeah yeah well i'm from kansas city so oh, okay. pork well, is still. pork pork is just as in, just as important to me uh, there you go <laughs> um but uh yeah beef uh for sure um and then healthy green vegetables so i you know i've been doing this this really strict carnivore this month i'm starting to get to the point where i've got the craving for some really good roasted brussels sprouts or some asparagus you know those types of if the, the deeper the green the better is in in my opinion it has to grow above the ground things like that so um but three that that uh show meat and then good green carcivorous vegetables especially for men Br brussels sprouts uh brussels sprouts uh uh, broccoli, cauliflower, they all have really good things in them that for men specifically help us to produce uh, testosterone without have it with, with it while having a, a still a high amount of fiber, which is, in this case offsets any of the, the, the carbs that are there. And then the, um, and and then just the the other nutrition that comes with them. So, it's uh, those are really great options for sure. Uh, I think probably the last thing that I would say people uh, need to uh, or or should put into their diet is, uh, and, and I don't do a very good job of it. I just know I, I need to is uh, fermented vegetables. So I think I'll probably after this month of carnivore be introducing sauerkraut or something similar to and actually i i'm doing this uh while staying carnivore using yogurt right now but i you know the trying to introduce things that will help the gut biome uh and make sure that that the good bacteria has the things that it needs so um yogurt uh Yogurt, but but fermented vegetables is a really great way to get those uh, healthy uh, bacterias, the things that they need in, in our bodies and, and things like that. So those are probably the three areas that I would say focus on. And can you give us a, a couple book recommendations for people that you would recommend to read for health? And it could be not just nutrition, mm -hmm. but it could be any kind of health. Sure. Uh, for men... If you hear my story and think of uh, any of this stuff that would um, all the the Mister Nice Guy stuff, I absolutely uh, would say get Dr. Robert Glover's No More Mister Nice Guy. Uh, that I I'm going to be digging into that one for a while, and and all of that from a health uh, aspect, Estrogen Generation by Dr. Anthony J. It's uh, very much at the top of my list. It's a very short read, um, and it's uh, very enjoyable uh, the way that that it's been read. And uh, let's see here. I do a lot of audiobooks. Uh, my my library is very large. Um, try to. I know the uh, feeling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'll throw this out there. Um, I, I for any. For anybody that feels like they are unhealthy or might have imbalance in a sexual health way, there's a book called Unwanted by Jay Stringer. And it talks about um, unwanted sexual behavior. 
Uh, he intentionally doesn't call it good or bad. He just calls it unwanted. And uh, without going into any specific detail, I can just say, I'll, I'll suffice to say, it was eye-opening uh, and it was transformative for me to read that book. And I've revisited it some and uh, need to continue to dig into some of those things. So I fully understand all of the all of the specifics, but uh, those that that's definitely a a, a great um, a great book. That if you think that you might have some imbalance in uh, the sexual life, read the description, read the read the back of the book, so to speak, and and uh, check it out. It may be worth your while, worth your time. I haven't heard of that one. I got to check that one out. That's yeah. I've got to put that one on my list. Yeah. What is one major health myth that you just absolutely want busted? Oh, um, the carbs are central. I, I'm I'm going to go with the keto, you know, straight down the keto keto line. But the carbs are essential. They are just totally not. And uh, and uh, it's it's ruining so many people's lives, and it almost ruined mine. That's yeah, I'm, I'm there with you as well. So um, there might be some things that are combined with the carbs mm -hmm. when it comes to natural foods, but the carbs themselves, non-essential. Yep. So, so before we go, I want to give you a chance to one, explain your shirt mm -hmm. Two, give us all your contact details and, uh, and how people can reach you if they want to want to talk to you. Sure. We, um, the, the Keto Man's Club, uh, specifically the podcast, but just kind of to try to bring in a little bit of uh, funds to offset some of the costs of hosting and, and things like that. You know very well how it is. Uh, we, uh, we've we started to create some limited lines of merch. The shirt that I'm wearing right now is a steak, a greater than symbol, and a, a shake bottle, uh, a, 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 uh, not a, uh, not a milkshake, a uh, protein shake bottle. And it's, uh, stands for steaks over shake, which is kind of a mantra in our group. Uh, Berto beats it into our heads over and over and over again until it just, uh, uh, became part of our uh, ethos there, but, uh, steaks over shakes, the natural real forms of protein are going to trump a uh, a protein shake any day because they the protein shake usually comes with so much so yeah this is one of two shirts that we have our logo shirt as well um that we produced we just finished our second run of merch and um we were we'll do more at some time uh we're actually uh leaning heavily towards doing a hoodie this next time around so that will be be fun it'll be it'll be good um so the uh, but that's to support the Keto Man's Club, the Facebook group, uh, the Keto 101 Man's Club, which is a beginners group, the podcast, the Keto Man's Club podcast and um, and and all of of that. So that that supports all of that. You can find all of those groups uh, all of the links for, for all of that, including my Instagram, uh, link, uh, for at duck man keto, you can, uh, you can 
go to theketomansclub.com. That's uh, just as, as uh, good as anything uh, to be able to get in, in contact with me on Instagram or, or whatnot. I, I'm never without my phone or watch. And so I will uh, respond relatively quickly um, as long as I'm uh, upright and conscious. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, so I... Uh, so that that's really a, a, the way to get in contact with me for for that to uh, the dot com and all of that. Uh, but yeah, that's kind of that's kind of me. All right. So I want to thank you for coming on, man. It's 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 pretty cool. You're amongst the first people on the podcast. We haven't even, as of this point, none of the shows have come out yet. So. We, you were going to be in the first roundup with Gary Taubes, Ted Naiman, <laughs> like so. Nice, it's cool. Yeah, nice. So good I'm company. Go good company. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you definitely, man. So I'm going to he- go ahead and close things off, and and uh, I wanted to reinforce to everybody: please be kind to one another. Put good things out in the world, and it's very true that when you put good things out, good things will come back. So as we said earlier, reiterated, if you're a man, be a good man rather than a nice guy. If you're a woman, be a good woman rather than just a nice person, nice, nice woman. So everybody will see you on the next show. All right. And I think it stopped recording. Thank you for joining us on the Fatty Joe Show. Be sure to leave a comment and subscribe. It helps the show reach more people. To support the show, as well as Carrie Brown and Yogi's work on the blog, Keto Recipe Development, Masterclasses, and to gain access to private Facebook groups and other awards, go to patreon.com slash Show or patreon.com slash Brown. Also, check out our Carrie Brown and Yogi Parker YouTube channel for video versions of the Fatty Joe Show, recipe videos, and more. Join our awesome community on the Facebook group, The Keto Kitchen with Carrie Brown and Yogi Parker. And check out our CarrieBrown.com website for recipes, blog posts, discounts, cookbooks, masterclasses, and other great stuff. Thank you so much.